Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast, where you can find a new episode released every Thrive Thursday. I am a current clinical psychology graduate student, passionate about all things to do with mental health, relationships, healing, self-reflection, and other topics that influence us in our everyday lives. I created this podcast to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life and to share insightful and honest conversations with everyday individuals and informed professionals. Although the show is not a replacement for therapy, I hope the conversations had can inspire you to look within, to practice self-compassion, to gain more awareness, and to trust the process of your unique journey. If you resonate with the message of Trust and Thrive, make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. You can also stay connected by following me on Instagram at Trust and Thrive. Thank you for being here. Now let's get right into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Trust and Thrive. I'm your host, Tara Mont. I hope you're all doing well and have had a lovely start to your march. I wanted to give first a quick shout out to anyone who identifies as a woman as we celebrate International Women's Day today. Um, I know this is posted after International Women's Day, but I'm recording this on the day of, I'm thinking of all my fellow women, anyone who identifies as a woman. And I wanted to give another shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today on the 8th. I know this episode will be live a few days later, but... Her birthday is on International Women's Day, and she is just one of the most amazing people I know and the most loving human beings on the planet. So shout out to you, mom. I love you, and I wouldn't be here without you, be doing any of this without you. And I especially wanted to mention that because I feel like it really connects to the theme of this episode, which is expectations that come with being a woman and pressures that may come with being a woman, whatever that looks like. And whether or not you identify as a woman... We all have expectations and pressures that are placed on us. We all have our own expectations of ourselves that others may place on us and just milestones, I feel like, especially as we grow up. And it obviously looks different in every culture, but especially in the U.S., there's always this expectation as we grow up to have our lives together and to feel like we need to really know what we're doing all the time, which is just not true. I don't think adults have it all together. We're all figuring out ourselves little by little. And when I was younger, I used to look at 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds and think, oh, they must have their life figured out and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z by the time I'm this age. And then as you grow up, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself, as I've grown up, I've realized I'm just really figuring out everything along the way. And it's not so easy. I feel like we're never really ready for big events or changes in our lives. And if anything... There's no one way to live. There's no one way to be a woman. There's no one way to grow up. So in this episode, I actually touch on this topic of expectations that are specifically placed on women. And you may relate to a lot of these, whether or not you identify as a woman or or you're in the similar age group that we're discussing. No matter what, we all have expectations that affect our mental health and affect how we move forward because that just takes such a toll when we feel like we need to live a certain way or be a certain person for other people It can be exhausting. And so to introduce this week's guest, her name is Dr. Veronica Eo. Dr. Veronica Eo is a bilingual licensed clinical social worker. And in her words, it's her passion to help mothers new and seasoned navigate the challenges of parenthood. Her journey as a therapist has led her to work with clients throughout different stages of life. And she began working originally with older adults, particularly with end of life issues before she transitioned into working with adults and couples. During her time working with adults, she mostly worked with women in their 20s and 30s to manage difficult emotions, set appropriate boundaries, discover their resources, and ultimately grow into feeling confident and competent in themselves. After she became a mother, she transitioned into working with mostly mothers. She seeked special training in working with moms, but especially with mothers of color. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Eo and her work, you can visit her Instagram at Dr. Veronica Eo. That's D R Veronica Eo, E Y O. And you can also visit her website, Dr. D R Veronica L C S W dot com. And you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Trust and Thrive. As always, I will make sure to include these links in the description show notes of this episode. 
I hope you were able to take something away from this episode. Please feel free to reach out to me, to Dr. EO, let us know. And you can also leave a rating and review of the show on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you've been enjoying, it really, really helps people discover the show. So thank you in advance if you choose to do so. That being said, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Let's get right into it with Dr. EO. So I'm here with Dr. EO. Um, Hi, Veronica. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you here. I know we've been following each other on Instagram for a while, so it's always nice to virtually meet (laughs) and see each other face to face. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I um, am an avid listener and just nice to like put a face to talk more than just on Instagram. So um, I'm all for this. The this is the one perk of the pandemic that has come, you know, social media increase. And now we get to meet each other through Zoom. And it's nice. Definitely, definitely. I totally agree. And so just to start off and give our listeners a little more background about what you do, can you maybe share um, more about what you do and what inspired you to get into the field you're in? So I am a licensed clinical social worker um, in Los Angeles. I have a I'm trying to think of how long I've been a social worker. It's been a minute, um, but I originally started uh, very much working with older adults. That was like my passion. Um, I got into the field because I wanted to help people. I wanted um, to be of support and um, I had had great professors and you know they there's a part when professors bring in like actual social workers see like you can meet them and I was like, I want to do that. like that's the work that I want to do. Um, and so that's why I decided to jump, jump into that. Um, but then I, then the last four years, it's been four years. Yeah. Um, I became a mother and that completely changed, um, not only the support that I needed, but the support that I wanted to provide for others. So that big, huge transition, um, changed me into being a therapist, primarily focused on supporting mothers um, through the postpartum um, period. Um, but specifically, and this is like super, super specific, um, I wanted to be, uh, so some background about me is I am the first person in my family to go to college, first one to get go graduate college, get my master's, get my doctorate, like first, 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 right? Like all of that. And so what what I was coming into was, and I hate saying, I don't, I always struggle with saying this piece of like, my family didn't come from a lot of education. And so things were different. How they disciplined me, how they did things was just so different. Um, and I think it was just a lack of um, knowledge and awareness and just also different experiences um, in how they grew up. Um, But one of the things that my education has granted me is an opportunity to meet other people and to meet how people do things differently. Um, Not just like school wise, but like parent wise, how they talk to their kids, how they parent. And so when I became a parent, let me tell you, I was doing it totally different than how my mom did it. And so when I would go even to my mommy and me groups, I was like, whoa no, I didn't have that experience. Like, you know, m- my family looks at me weird for having routines with my kids or like sleep training my kids or, uh, you know, the the interactions with the doctors, taking them to a dentist at their year, like just small things that like, it wasn't part of my culture. It wasn't part of our experience. And it's just come with a- additional resources. And so even when it's going to make sense, I'm winding it. And so I needed the support of I want someone who can understand that piece. If you're like, it feels like you're coming from two worlds, you're kind of, you know, and how to kind of blend that. I love my family and I love the things that they've given me at the same time. Like I also love my education and I love, I very much identify with this first generation student part. And so, but I'm at battles with it. I, I'm at battles with it. So sometimes I needed that therapist that could really understand and be like, girl, like my mom is like tripping because she's like, yeah. saying, like, what are you doing? So I need someone to be like, oh yeah, like to get with me in that level to jump yeah. down and be like, yeah, I get where my mom's coming For from. Sure. I get where my family's coming from. I get where my husband's family's coming from. 
But how do we have those conversations with our family of like, no, this is the way I want to do it. And I want to be different and, and do that. And so that's the therapist that I needed. And that's the therapist that I am now. Um, so that's a long winded thing of like, that's how that's what I hope when I meet with my clients of like bringing those two worlds together. Like, yeah, we're, we're a lot of the women that I meet with are educated and accomplished and doing all these amazing badass things. And also now we mothers and now we're like, okay, let me just take a moment to acknowledge that we're doing things totally different. That's amazing. <laughs> no, thank you so much for sharing. And you brought up so many great points that I imagine so many listeners can relate to because I think it's so easy, especially as, you know, first generation college student, there's, you know, there, it is a privilege to get an education, but also it comes with a lot of weight and it's heavy to like break certain cycles and to change patterns. And so I appreciate that you acknowledge that you can be grateful and thankful and love your family, but also acknowledge that certain things need to change. It's not so black and white. It's not so simple. And especially as women, because, you know, depending on your cultural background, I know I have an Iranian background and there are those gender roles of expecting women to be a certain way. And especially you being a mother, now we see all these different expectations of can they do it all or should they do it all or whatever that even means. So can you maybe share some pressures you feel like as a woman specifically you've had to face, whether it's going into motherhood or finishing your education or continuing your education always? Well, I think that the biggest thing as you were saying that I'm like the ambition piece, right? Like there is, I feel like that's sometimes like a, yeah, be ambitious at work and at school, but at home, once you become a mom, that needs to go out the door. Now, all of a sudden you have to, it's all about your family. It's all about self-sacrifice. It's all about, and you can't say anything about it. You, you know, very much. And I think culturally, so you shared a little bit about your culture. So culturally, I, my mother is Mexican. And my dad is Nigerian um, and I was raised here. So very much influenced by um, dynamics here. Um, but then I want to add my husband is Mexican. And so we, there are so many elements of our culture that we're bringing into our kids. And then there's the elements of like, you know, that are just different. So like, you know, the small things like, you know, you take care of the home. That's a woman's job. Right. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. No, 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 it's not. Um, but that pressure is still there, right? The small comments of, let's say, uh, even it's just as a mother of like, oh, the baby doesn't have a sweater. That comment comes to me. That comment doesn't come to my husband. That comment comes to me. But that's not, that's not an accurate description. My husband knows where the sweaters are. He can get it. He can kind of do those things, right? So I think those pressures of, as a woman of like, we're, the picture that I have in my head is that we're natural multitaskers. We can balance it all and not complain about it. But the thing is, is that's not, that's an immense pressure. I can't juggle. I, I, as I do this, I'm like, is this how you juggle? <laughs> um, but right. So it's a hard thing to even have that skill to juggle, um, to do it successfully, to be able to not, um, not be weighted by that, that pressure. And I think um, a big thing that women are kind of expected to do is keep your head down, work hard, don't make too much noise, focus on school. But then when you get to school, eventually, tick tock, where's that, where's that husband? Where's that partner? What, what, what do you mean? What, where's that? Those conversations are kind of happening. And then what about if you're choosing you don't want that life? What if you're choosing, actually, I don't want a family. I want to be these amazing people out there, I always talk about on TikTok, you see them out there, they're traveling, living that good life. I'm like, yes, you go, you know, how do you have those conversations? And a lot of those women talk about how their husband, uh, their families are very disapproving of their life, thinking that you'll eventually want it. Don't worry about it. You know, you'll eventually want it. And that's, that's not letting women show up as their authentic selves. Like um, as a woman, you're not authentic just because you become a mother or just because you become a wife. Um, you're, there's so, I think the beautiful thing about being a woman is that, yeah, we can do a lot of things. Again, that's not meant, it's meant to be a compliment and like we can do a lot of things, but, and I think that's beautiful that our brains can kind of do all that. Men can do that too, but as a woman, and I think like, but it's, Sometimes 
the lack of support is hard. The lack of being able to have those conversations of like, I just don't want to, to meet that, um, whether that's from society, our family, our friends. And it, it's a lot. A lot of the women that I see in my, my practice are saying like, I, I'm just tired. I'm tired of having to set these boundaries. I'm tired of having to remind my family that I don't want kids or that I want to go and get that doctorate degree or that I want to travel or that I want to live in a different country. And no, I'm not take going with anyone. I just want to go. Or I just want to relax and enjoy the life that I have right now. I, I feel this pressure if I got to be hustling all the time. I don't want to do that. There's something that big that the pandemic brought us is really realizing, you know what, unfortunately, COVID didn't pick, you know, didn't discriminate on who who was going to stay and who, who wasn't, right? We had young women. This is, I mean, obviously in the hype and wasn't made to be depressing, but like, you know, in 2020, I remember in practice, like people just talking about like, this person was so young and they passed. What do I do with that? And that inspires me to be like, I don't want, I need to live my life and show up as authentic for me. Right? Long-winded answer. I love this because it's so relatable and it's so true. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mother yet and I hope to be someday, but I can also just see from people I know that are mothers, like the compliments they often receive are like, oh, you're so selfless or you're so generous or you work so hard. And yes, it's great to work hard. And like you said, to be able to juggle things, but why does that have to be what we what we put on the pedestal, why does it have to be the thing we focus on? Maybe they need to be able to set the boundaries and maybe it is better for them to take care of themselves. But then with men, we hear like, you know, often like, oh, it's great, you're doing this, you're working hard. And so there are obviously those double standards in many ways. And so I'm curious as for when you became a mother, did you experience that a lot of like, oh, you have to be grateful you had a you had a child. And obviously I'm sure it can come up with a lot of, hardships and it can be exhausting and a lot of people deal with mental health struggles too like postpartum struggles um finding that balance of being able to say you know you can be grateful but also it can be difficult and you can acknowledge that does not take away your gratitude you know yeah i did you know uh with my my first it was a traumatic birth i i cannot sugarcoat like it it was really hard for me it took me a long time to get over it and i think it and um, it's what motivated me to be in this work even more because the message was, I have to be grateful. It could be worse. Like you, and that's not what you want to hear because then what happened is you become silent. You no longer want to say, my gosh, I'm struggling, right? Because I have to be grateful. Now it turns into what's wrong with me? Why am I not grateful? What am I doing wrong? What, what am I failing? Right. And it was a sad time. And, and the, and the thing that kind of helped, you know, I talked about how, you know, I, I think briefly, like I was on a mommy and me group and I didn't feel like I belonged. Well, I made friends with one person, this, her and I are close. We, we (laughs) used to text, didn't matter what time in the night we would be together. And, and now, right. Four, four, five years in, in the future, we're still having these conversations of like, yeah, it's cool. These babies are great. I love them. And that's, uh, I want to hold this. But what about my career? But then what about also my relationship? Because I'm not happy with how the dynamic of our roles are. Uh, and the messages that we're getting, right, from family or friends is like, well, this is just how things are. Like, you just need to just accept that. Or, but be grateful. You know, he comes home every day. He's here every day, you know, and it's very much of like subtly saying, keep your head down. Don't make too much noise. Just focus on what you have. That's so true. And I'm glad you brought that up because especially like as a child of immigrants personally, there's always that comparison of like, oh, my parents had it worse. They had to, you know, move here and not know English or my dad had to go to school on feet and like all these different comparisons you can have like, well, I should be grateful. My opportunities are different. Um, I'm way more privileged than they were in many ways. And I think that 
keeps us from acknowledging our actual emotions. And then that creates so much shame, which is also not fair and also doesn't help anyone. And so is that something you've experienced too, as say a first generation college student or just experiencing new um, opportunities and experiences that maybe your parents didn't have thinking, oh, well, like they didn't have this, so I can't even complain or make say anything about it. I feel like that immigrant life, especially that first gen life, shame is a language that we can all share, right? Like here we are, we have different backgrounds. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they spoke shame in your home? Me too. Me <laughs> yes. too. They spoke that very much. And like, I'm laughing about it, making light and that, hey, we're connecting. But like that hurts. That hurts when you're saying, hey, yeah, that's true. My family didn't came here and they didn't speak English or it was a struggle or, you know, they weren't able to go to certain, certain, meet certain milestones because they had to work or lack of resources. And so if I'm upset about a grade that I got, a class that I got, a professor saying something that really negatively impacted me, a internship I didn't get, a program I didn't get into, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You're fine. There's other programs, you know, um, and not being able to really, I think not really being able to sit in those sad feelings um, and very much the shame of like, it could be worse. You know, imagine, you know, so-and-so, this person back home in Mexico or these things, you know, they just got to work. Well, yeah, that sucks too. They do. I know that they do, but also like, what about me here, right? And I think already as women, okay, we're, they, we're very much the message that we get is our emotions are bad, right? And that we're too emotional, right? We're very too emotional, which my very feminist way would say, I don't know, because some of these men, these presidents of that I see are very emotional yes. in my life. <laughs> I always say, honestly, like not to shame men, but if they had to deal deal with like period cramps, they would be crying all day. <laughs> like, just think the things that we've had to go through. And and you know, recently they were like yesterday. I think they were talking about the article that uh, cramps. They uh, the study the study of cramps are now equivalent to having the pain of having a heart attack. Oh my gosh! No, I, I totally agree, and I, I'm so glad you brought that up because. You know, whether it's culturally or even just in the U.S., all the milestones that you've discussed that we feel like we need to reach of, you know, getting jobs and getting married and having children. And I don't know about you, but I I recently got engaged. And then the next question is, okay, so when's the wedding? And then people are like, okay, when do you want to have a baby? And then, you know, family member has a baby. When's the next baby? It's like, whoa, whoa. We don't even know yet, like, what we want to do. And we want to be able to explore that. And so I think especially now with social media too, we see so many of those milestones posted and shared and it can create so much pressure. And no matter what, as a woman, biologically, we have a different clock when it comes to children. And so that's always in the back of our heads if we want kids, especially, and if we have the privilege to be able to carry kids. But I I wanted to ask you your thoughts on those pressures and those milestones and what advice maybe would you give to someone who is bombarded with posts and they're seeing that like, oh, everyone my age is, you know, whether it's getting engaged, they're buying a house or they're doing this, like, I feel so behind. What would you tell someone who feels behind in quotes? (laughs) Well, I mean, the first thing I would ask is what's behind? Like, what is it like really taking the time to really reflect on what is it that you want right now? Right. So I am a paper and um, pen kind of girl. Okay. So I I love journaling. That's a lot of my posts. Oh, sometimes even have like journaling prompts. I share this on TikTok. Like I love to journal. And the purpose of that, because it's not that I think journaling is going to solve everything. It's just that as women, and I cannot speak for men, but I'm sure some men out there, so not excluding them, but right here, this is a hype for women. Okay. So as women, We have so many thoughts going in our head at one time. Like there's just so much uh, things that we're juggling. And and so the act of like sitting down and really reflecting and writing it on paper, eventually your hand gets tired. So you can't go too much with the thoughts. Right. So let's get them down. So that's my first thing. Let's get it down on like, what is it that you want right now? And in really big, bold letters, whether it's a post-it, I want you to remind yourself and to put on there, I can change my mind. 
I can change my mind. Because I think a big pressure that we have is, okay, girl, you go 18, you graduate from high school, 22, graduate from college, went the engagement, 24, 27, 20, no, 26, you get married, 27, 28, that first baby, 30, that second baby, you gonna have a third one? Okay, then you 32, because you know, 35 is a little bit too old to be having that. Okay, so we got that. You got that. Okay, that's the expectation. You come out like, and you're just like, wait, 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 wait. What? What, I, 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 what about getting my? I want to get my master's. Well, if you if you do that, then that's gonna put that uh, the guideline a little bit shorter now. Now you only got one year of being married, and you got to get pregnant at that honeymoon. So that in nine months, you know, like it's it's. We're joking, but like. No, that is the message that we get. It's like you got this timeline because that big number, you hit 35 and you don't got any kids. That message you get is like, you're getting too old. There's something that's going to be wrong, right? So let's move away from that. I can, I can change my mind about things. If you're 23, 24, 25, you don't know if you want kids. That's okay. That's okay. Right. Remind yourself, I can change my mind. The person that I remember and I and I will I'm going to say her name, but I just want to say I acknowledge that she has a lot of money. But I'm still going to say it. We have Janet Jackson and Halle Berry having kids in their 40s. OK, I know you need money. I know. I know. So don't like. But I want to say, like, we can do it. If, you know, yeah. Will it be tough? Yes. But I think also making decisions for what works for you right now and like really identifying like what is it that you want so if we're in our 20s and you really want to get that bachelor's degree or you don't you want to take that gap you're in trouble i know corona kind of messed this all up but we're getting better we're getting better hopefully we get out there um you want to travel more that's great if you want to take that unpaid internship and see if you like that that element to get there okay then make that decision for what works right now I remind my clients that we make decisions on what works right now and you can change your mind. And life happens and you change your mind. You may be out there in this unpaid internship and meet your boo. And now you're in love. And the next thing you know, I mean, we we got three babies. I'm, I'm going to also say for me, I love my education. If you would ask me about motherhood, I don't know. I don't know. But now I got three babies. What are you going to do? You know, so, but, and do I love them and I appreciate them? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think we make the best decision with what we have in front of us right now. And so for someone who's listening and is feeling those pressures, I want you to really get on paper. What is it that you want for right now? What, you know, and it doesn't have to be like an elaborate 10 year plan. This is like the next year, two years. We can break this down even further. Don't think that you need to have it all figured out. Just in, but having an, an idea of what is it that you want right there and reminding yourself that you can change your mind. Next thing, I was going to say, the next thing, who are you following on social media, y'all? Like, do you even interact with those people in high school <laughs> or whatever it is? Like, I want to normalize more doing those detox of who is it that you're following and engaging with. I know sometimes we think like it's just mindless scrolling, but it's not. Those things do impact us. That's why those ads work. And we have all been there. The ad has come up on Instagram. And the next thing we know, we're buying it. Okay. It's there. It works because it's what happens. And, and so if an ad can do that, what do you think about the people that you're following? Right. I'm not saying cut people off. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but I want to really acknowledge like, who are the people, what, what am I consuming? It, does that fit with the goal of where I am right now? Does it inspire me, right? Because let's say, let's um, one, a complication, right? And we'll briefly mention it. What if you want to be a mom, but you're struggling to, to get pregnant, right? So maybe having women that are posting about well, I just had one drink and then I had a baby and, you know, that may not be helpful, right? But if you love seeing moms talking about their struggles or you love seeing moms um, really being honest, then you follow those pages and you do that. And, and it is okay to curate your page 
for what works for you. Take back that ownership, right? So now we got a plan and now we got social media, okay? And and, and doing something like that. And that. We're just going to take baby steps, baby steps. I appreciate that because it's so true. Like social media, especially with the pandemic when we were at home most of the time and some people still are working remotely in their home most of the time. It becomes your reality. Your feed literally becomes who you see and you think, oh, well, everyone looks this way or everyone's doing this. It's like, no. I mean, that's also how we won't get into politics, how people think like this is true because that's all I see. But when that becomes your reality, you assume that you're the only one not expecting experiencing that. It's like, no, there's a whole niche. There's a whole world of people who are on the same boat as you. You just haven't found them or you don't see that. And so with those milestones, I know we discussed, for example, or not even milestones necessarily, but choices that women make. Um, I think now too, there's also that opposite pressure of you have to do it all and you have to have a career and you have to have an education. You have to do everything. What would you say to mothers, for example, who want to stay at home and who are like, you know, I want to be a stay at home mom. This is my choice. This is something I want to do. And I don't, I feel that pressure of like needing to do it all and needing to also have a career and everything. And maybe that's their choice. I would say if the if people who are giving you opinions are not paying for the bills, then their opinion does not matter. Now, this is coming from a place of good work that I've done on myself, of really having my people in the corner, uh, supporting the things that I want. So my first thing I would be to say, let's get you some good support. If you're wanting, whether it's staying at home and want, or I'm not even gonna, we're gonna move away from even mothers, like that idea of like rest. I think women right now, we, I want to say young too, young, we can talk about young men too, but young women, we are told to hustle so much. Like we, you hop on social media and everybody has um, something that they're pursuing, a side hustle. They're, you know, doing this, doing that. And don't get me wrong. I love me a good hustle. I do. But also learning to rest and be okay with rest. That's the work. And to be transparent, something that I'm still learning. I think a lot of us think we we identify rest as like something that I had to work uh, really hard for. And I want to clarify, being a stay-at-home mom is not rest um, because that's like one of the hardest jobs ever. So I will, you know, say, say that. But but it's coming from this place of like being able to say like, this is my life. This is the decisions that I want to make for my life. Now. Outwardly, when you say it to the people who have opinions of it, maybe you don't fully believe it. Maybe you're with the guilt of like, you know what? Maybe I am a stay-at-home mom. I should have a hustle when they're napping or I should do this. But I want to say why. Where, where, where is that coming from? Whose voice is that that's influencing you, right? Is it that social media page that you're influencing it? Did you see that growing up that you're so used to seeing people hustle that you don't know how to rest? For me, I do not know how to rest. I'm, I'm, like, I'm gonna say I shouldn't be leading this crowd, but I don't know how to rest. I it's such a struggle for me. It I literally have to like write it down. Yeah, and be like just lay down Same. there, Veronica. <laughs> you don't have to plan your week while you're resting. <laughs> yes, yes, I am the Luisa of the group, you guys. For anyone who's seen Encanto, okay, I cannot rest so I need me someone to like force me to rest and so going back with like what do you say with that like and I say this and I know I'm laughing about it but because I know that it's a struggle like I have those messages that come in like when I'm laying down um I'll I'll talk right before this interview right like I sat down and I was like I'm gonna watch this is us like I know my stuff I I know what I'm talking about I'm very passionate about that I don't need to Speaking about preparing for this podcast, I did, you know, I did what I needed to do, but I didn't, I, I don't need to do any more things. I was like, Veronica, sit down. You need to catch up on this thing. Just, just sit there. Right. But I'm hearing the, the, the thoughts, you know, and so work that I do is like, I say, why do you need to do this? No, Veronica, you do not need to be washing the dishes while this episode is being played. You do not need to fold the laundry while you're doing this. You do not need to be. Uh, you know, engaging on Instagram or whatever it is. And so 
long-winded to say like those comments are going to be there and a lot of the time that pressure comes from you internally because it's not something that you've seen in terms of like how you want to curate your life that's one of the I want to say that we I've been bashing social media too much but I think this is one of the pros of social media is we've seen people curate their lives the ways that I could have never imagined right like growing up I was like lawyer doctor mom you know what I mean like well I didn't see all this and now I'm like we're we're doing things differently and that's beautiful too so look speak speak it out loud you know the tiktok and the instagram algorithm is listening to you yeah <laughs> people that are resting okay they'll come up eventually true that's so funny and i i totally relate because i have struggled to rest and then i thought like i have to rest perfectly and that was like even more stressful because i'm like if i'm not like resting in the perfect way then it's like a waste of time and i have to make sure i choose all the right stuff and i'm like that also defeats the purpose because it's feeling like it's not enough or it's not perfect the way you're doing it and culturally speaking like even i think of like going to a party and an Iranian party, for example, and like all the women are washing the dishes after and catering and the men are like sitting down. And so like, if I go there, I'm like, uh, if I'm the only woman sitting down, I feel I mean, obviously, I help either way. But I just like it's that pressure of like, oh, I need to be part of that. And then also that resentment. And so it's funny that you mentioned you um, are married to a Mexican man because I'm also married to an Iranian man thinking like I would never ma- marry a Persian. <laughs> and then I literally was like, I'll never date marry Persian. Here we are. But he's like definitely more Americanized. And all the time we're like, what cycles are we going to break? You know, we love our families, but what are we going to do differently too? And we have kids like it's like we're slowly breaking those cycles. And so for someone who also feels that pressure with like family, for example, people around them, as women, how important do you believe boundaries are, especially if we haven't been taught to set boundaries or we've been taught that like we need to just go along? What are your thoughts on setting boundaries as a woman when you've maybe never been taught to do so before? I say we need to read, and I, I want to say maybe you've talked about it, the set boundaries, find peace. Uh, and oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the author's name. Uh, Nedra. There it is. There yes, it is. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> that book, I have read it several times. So um, I say that to say, yeah, boundaries have not been taught. And and that's hard because the way it's interpreted, and I, I cannot speak for every you know, Mexican, Nigerian family out there. But let me tell you, talking to boundaries, to family, old school, it's like the shock. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> it's very much seen as a negative thing. But the thing is, when you're, and I'm not even saying that, well, yeah, I will say, it, like, you're trying to break things that don't work, right? Especially, you know, we're talking about, and you had mentioned about, your relationship, right? And I think about my relationship as well as like, we're the ones that have to live this, right? Like we're the ones that are creating this life. Family is great, but ultimately at the end of the day, they don't, they're not in here. Uh, Well, at least right now, I know, you know, parents are getting older, things might change, you know, but as of right now, they're not in here having to live with these decisions, right? And, and so, What's sending boundaries, something that I repeat to myself and something that I talk about with my clients is like, speak your boundary, even if you're shaking, even if you're crying, even if you're so uncomfortable, because it goes against what you've been taught, right? And, but the only way to kind of become more comfortable with setting boundaries is to set boundaries it's uh, as unfortunately y'all it's like that whole thing of like you want to get a credit card but they won't give you a credit card unless you've had credit and so you're stuck in this loop of like oh my god how am I ever gonna get a credit card because no one will give me a chance okay so this is the same thing with boundaries like the only way to get comfortable with boundaries is to set boundaries but how am I gonna get comfortable with boundaries because I've never set them and then the message that I get from them is bad like I gotta push you in there at some point and just even if you're shaking, kind of, kind of um, set those boundaries. And this is where I think, you know, books are helpful or coming to a therapist is helpful because let's practice saying those boundaries. You know, I, I'm not a very good actress, but I can pretend I, I could uh, get in there and we can role play a little bit about the worst case scenario. Cause that's sometimes where we go to, 
right? Like if I set this boundary, they're going to cut me off. But the thing is, is whether that's the boundaries in your relationship, how you run your home, the, the decisions that you make for your life, how you raise your kids, where you decide to live, where you decide to vacation. Um, it's not meant to be morbid, but I want to acknowledge like we have lost a lot of life in these last two years and life is short. I think short and long, but in this aspect of like, this is your life, you know, and at, I think at the bottom of, uh, I want to believe that at the bottom of these family interactions, they want you to be happy, but they just don't know what that is, like the boundary piece, right? Like they're, you know, I spoke a little bit about my family and like how my education has granted me so many resources. So when I was doing things differently, how it's kind of perceived is like, I'm rejecting my culture, I'm rejecting these things, but that's not what it is. What it is, is I'm doing something different. And to share, you know, a brief story about that, right? So my kids, they're on a routine, so sleep-wise. Now, if you ever met any um, old school Mexican family, let me tell you, we'd be taking our kids to parties. It'd be like music blasting, and you'd be loud. It's loud, and the kids be asleep in the little pack and play. Okay, I'm pretty sure I was that kid as well. Okay, so we're gonna say that. Now, not all Mexican families, but I'm just gonna say that's one. Okay, so when I roll up with my first, second, and third kid saying, Well, it's six o'clock, I gotta take them home, they gotta be in bed by seven. What do you mean you're leaving the party early? What do you mean I wanna talk to them? What do you mean it's Christmas? Like we stay up till midnight. Why, why are they not here? You don't spend enough time with us as a family. You guys are always leaving early, right? But fast forward, right? So much pushback, so much difficulty am I doing this wrong? So much fights between partners of like, we're trying to, yeah, we wanna see our family, but also, Kids need sleep. And more importantly, I need them to sleep so that I can have a moment to rest. Again, recovering rest person, recovering learning how to rest person, if that made sense. Okay. You know, so I need them to sleep so that I can take some moments to rest, not just rest sleep wise, but for me to sleep. So now everybody calls before seven o'clock. They know if they call at 705, these kids are asleep. You cannot. They are like clockwork. Do, have we become a little bit more loose with it um, at times for holidays? Yeah. But my kids at 7.30 would be like, I'm tired, mom. Can we go home? Can we go home? Then, yeah, let's go. We do still get those comments. So I'm talking about setting those boundaries. I set that boundary for my family. We do still get those comments. But now, again, with practice, right? Again, this is the, the boundary cycle. Like, you just got to keep setting it. Did I feel uncomfortable leaving a party early? Yeah. Did I feel uncomfortable saying, you know what? No, my kids are asleep. There's nothing really could do. Do I feel uncomfortable, you know, in these holiday parties or whatever it is? Yes. But eventually, yeah, they go to sleep early. Do you know that it hurt, it hurt their kids? All three of them sleep in the same room and they go to sleep. They're asleep. 7.30 is the latest. They're all asleep. And they also wake up at 6 a.m. So don't, don't make it seem like it's a glamorous life, y'all. They wake up early. But still, you know, now it's like this is that's them. That's their family. So now when someone else in the extended family does the same thing, it's more accepted. That, that's so true. And I really appreciate that because it's such a great example of how boundaries can bring or setting boundaries can be such short discomfort, like short-term discomfort, but then you probably feel great like, okay, they got their sleep and I'm happy because I'm sure there would have been resentment or even, you know, if you were like, fine, I'll just stay and I'll do this. And then that would cause a lot more issues. So I think that's something I know I personally experienced of like, you know, just the short-term, I don't want to deal with the discomfort. So sure, I'll go along with it. And then I wasn't true to myself. So learning to not be like that. So that being said, um, this whole show is about living your most authentic life and as women, we hear a lot of messages of, you know, be educated, don't show your body too much, but also be beautiful, but this and that, but look this way, but also work hard and do this and that. And it's just like all these messages. And at the same time, I feel like we're often told to be put in a box that when we are so complex and we are who we are, it's there's we're just pinpointed all the time of like, this is not enough or this is too much or like cover up or slow down or don't talk too much. And so as a, a woman, 
how would you define living your most authentic life? And with that said, what does it mean to be a woman to you as well? So a woman that is showing up in her and uh, living her authentic life is showing up every day for life. Show And showing up is different every day. Okay. That means that I'm going to give my give myself permission to show up as I am, how I wake up, despite the plan. I think as women, our, the messages are so much of you have to do, 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 do so much, juggle so much. And at the expense of what that does for our mental health, what the expense of the connections that we have to ourselves. A lot of the women that I see in my practice are struggling to be like, I don't even know what what my authentic life is with all the noise that I get. Because the big message that I get is I need to have these babies, right? And take care of my home. And if I'm not doing that, there's something wrong with me or I'm dismissed. And I think sometimes that dismissed those, those feelings when, when you say, I don't want that life. And it's like, don't worry about it. It's going to come later, right? That hurts because you're saying like, no, 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 this is me. This is, this is who I am. This is my authentic self. And someone is looking at you and saying, no, whether that's a family member, a friend, society, whatever you see, right? So for me, when I think of living your authentic life, I love me a good plan. Make those plans. Make, make those plans of what it is that you want, but also give yourself permission on how you show up every day, right? So if you want, if you wake up and you're like, okay, today is not the day. And what is one thing that you can do that gets you closer to the person you want to be? That's a question that I ask myself all, all the time. So how that might look like, well, ultimately, I want to be a person that knows how to rest. So today I'm going to turn on that This Is Us episode. That's what I'm going to do. And, that, and you know how that gets me closer to the person that I want to be? Because I am a person that can sit down and watch a TV show. Now, perhaps you are a person that watches too much TV. Okay, let's do the opposite. So maybe I'm going to choose not to do that and do something else towards another goal. It just got to be one behavior, one behavior. That's all I'm asking for. All I'm saying is what is one behavior that's going to get you closer to the person that you want to be? The person that you want to be can change. Right. And that's okay. I'm not saying that you need to stay in one way and in one box. But I think sometimes we get so, especially as women, we get carried away so much with the noise that we hear of what other people want, that we lose touch with what it is that we want and what it is that works for us. And so I love me a good journal, y'all. You the one thing you learn from this, write it down. You don't need to give me paragraphs. You don't need to do it. But something where you can look at it and be like, you know what? Actually, I don't want that self no more. I, I don't want to then cross that off. That's okay. And um, and I think, yeah, it's a long way to say of like that's how I think you can live your authentic life every day. Right. Show up, give your permission to show show up as you are, and really think about what is one behavior that you can do that gets you closer to the person that you want to be. I love that. And I think that's such great advice too. And it doesn't, it's not the pressure of like change everything, change your whole life. You see that on TikTok too, of like change your whole life and become the woman you want to be. And then that's even more stressful because it's like, where do I start? So even just one thing you can change today, I think is such great advice. And so thank you so much for being here. This was such a great conversation. I feel like we could have talked for so long. Um, so I lastly want to ask you for listeners who want to learn more about you and your work, um, where can they give you a follow? And is there anything coming up for you that you'd like to share? Um, so I'm on Instagram at Dr. Veronica EO. I'm also on TikTok. I'm barely starting, y'all. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> you get carried away, y'all, because you can, these videos, that's a whole different podcast episode. But yeah. somebody, I'm like, okay, look at this creativity. So uh, I'm on there very much showing, um, element, sharing relevant mental health topics specifically for, for mothers. And then mostly on TikTok showing a little bit more behind the scenes of my life and the things that I think that as a mother can be very helpful and relatable as well. But, um, and then in, in terms of what's coming up for me, honestly, just a lot, lots more engagement podcasts like this, and just having these wonderful conversations that fuel me. This is 
Well, I don't know if you, you can, this episode is kind of up there with the, this is us, but this is definitely the <laughs> one behavior, the one action that has gotten me closer to my authentic self. I love having conversations like this that are inspiring, that are, um, or not so inspiring that they give us like the me too, like we can as women connect. And so what's coming up for me is just more podcast episodes that I'm trying to like, you know, be guests on and just showing up on social media, giving just peeks into my life. I am a therapist um, uh, that I do telehealth therapy in in California and currently full love all my clients, but um, feel free to reach out to me there. Amazing. And you're incredible at doing these podcasts. You speak so well. So I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. I personally enjoyed this conversation so much. I've been following Dr. EO. We've been following each other on Instagram for a while now. So we were a little familiar with each other's work, but we hadn't um, communicated or met even virtually. So it was really nice to chat with her and connect with her. And she just has such great energy and is clearly so passionate about the work she does. And so thank you to Dr. EO for being here. Shout out to all the badass women working hard every day or just getting through every day. To be alive, to get through every day can be a challenge sometimes. So I'm sending you all love and hope you know you're never alone on your journey. And so as a reminder, you can follow Dr. EO at Dr. Veronica EO on Instagram, and you can visit her website, drveronicalcsw.com. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Trust and Thrive. And if you'd like to leave a rating and review of the show, you can do so on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. So please feel free to reach out. Let me know what resonated with you. If there's any part of the show that stuck with you that you really related to. I'd love to know. I personally know that I related to a lot of this as another woman who has experienced her own expectations, being told to act a certain way and feeling like, you know, I'm just kind of discovering my own voice and moving forward with that. Um, I, I'm really thankful to Dr. EO for being here and for sharing her story, for being open. And I hope you were able to take something away. I hope this episode was a reminder that you are not alone on your journey. So make sure to subscribe to the show, whether you listen on Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, make sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. And that being said, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday.